Hey kids, it's me, Seb. Welcome to Monster of the Week. This time we will conclude the year by talking some pre-modern thingies. Uh, as I said it, this is Monster of the Week. Oh, sorry. Yeah, this is how we chill from 93 to... This is how we chill from 93 talking about today Anton today we're talking exactly what you said we're concluding <laughs> yeah. 2022 and uh, we figured we needed someone who has affected the year a lot and who is mm-hmm. very knowledgeable in pre-modern so he's back the one and only Flint Espel welcome man hey everybody it's very nice to be here again um, really excited to, to talk about pre-modern thingies yeah yes <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what we do here that's what we do <laughs> okay, very specific. Yeah. So, how how will we go about? We 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 talked a bit about this before going in, but uh, we will be general around tournaments mm. uh, later on, right? Yeah. But... Uh, so it turns out like every content creator in Premodern likes to do some sort of con- conclusion in December. So uh, yeah, we will talk about. Uh, some decks that has popped up this year. Um, we will talk about the bigger tournaments this year, uh, IRL tournaments, and how that has affected meta. And uh, let's take it from there. Flint is a pro, so he will help. He will guide us through this, I guess. Okay. Oh, gosh. So it's, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. You'll, you'll do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, why no you wanted me to come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll start out with talking about like the big decks that that has made an impact mm. this year, right, Anton? The breakout decks or something? Yeah, we, ha- we have covered some of these decks uh, through a more like deck tech special whole episode about it, but yeah, a lot has happened in 2022. One would th- think that pre-modern is figured out and it's pretty stale, but I don't think it, it is. Uh, mm. So, for instance, let's talk with the first deck about the first deck that really, really popped up this year, even though it's been like an alteration, and that's Flynn's deck uh, itself, the Hermit, not the Angry Hermit. Mm. Never uh, heard of it. You never heard of it, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, so we have some new iterations of it, right? But uh, well, how come? Like you did really well with it, clearly, Flint. But we've seen some more showing of it also. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, I played it during a time when a lot of people had cut a lot of graveyard hate. And I think I had made the comparison when we were on the podcast last time about how it's 
it's kind of similar to dredge and that if you're not prepared for it, it's pretty hard to, to, to beat it. Um, mm. you know, certainly the, you know, decks that run like dead guy L for example, or even the red white slide deck actually have pretty good game against the hermit deck because they have swords, they have, um, artifact and enchantment removal. And I think a lot of decks in the format are starting to pack way more artifact and yeah. enchantment removal for dreadnoughts now. Yeah. So, mm. you know, I think that it's not as well positioned as it was, but I also think that people just don't prepare for it more generally or respect it enough. And mm. when I went at LobsterCon and Brian, you know, Manalakos and I did that brief interview, he was just like, how good is this deck? Like, why aren't people playing it? And I was just like, I don't know. It's really good. And I think when, when Ole and Fluffy were on his podcast, I think Ole asked the same question, like, why aren't people playing Flint's deck from LobsterCon? And I was listening to it and I was like, right, why aren't they? And then yeah. there are obviously some results that we'll talk about, but I do think it's a good deck. I just think that a lot of people may not play it one because maybe they pick it up and they make some mistakes and they're like, this deck sucks because I just lost the game because I, I, because I made a play mistake, whereas other decks are much more forgiving. It also wins really quickly too. And some people like long, more interactive games. So, yep. you know, I, I think there are a lot of reasons why people may not be playing it, but I, I do think it's pretty good. And I do think that's one of the bigger reasons we need to look at IRL data as well, because Winning fast is, it's a pretty good thing when you're playing like seven rounds uh, Swiss and then go for a top eight. So yeah, it took only six months and now we're, now we see it, Flint. Your deck yeah. is, ta is really picking up steam um, from, from around the community. And from the deck list I've seen, I think all plays your exact 75, not even 74 cards, but exact 75. So... <laughs> Yeah. I guess you you perfected it already. <laughs> well, most of them are. You know, there was there was one in the Italian Nationals where he ran Tempting Worm in the sideboard, mm. which I I have okay, I have yeah. a version. Yeah. I actually put Tempting Worm in the sideboard, probably like eight months six months ago maybe, um, and and messed around with it a little bit, um, and have had passed that list on to some others. I'm not saying that he got it through the list that I initially passed out. I know that other people have been experimenting with Tempting Worm, you know, here and across the pond, so to speak. Mm. Um, I'm don't know how entirely I sold on it. I am. I do think it's pretty good against control. Um, um, but I'm, I've gone back and forth a lot on the sideboard. Uh, but in, in terms of the lists, yeah. Other than that one, I think every other list that's been posted uh, online or in these tournaments or even um, uh, there's a YouTuber who, who's down in LA who, who I met, um, F. Powell's. I could never say yeah, his name correctly. Yeah, yeah. But um, I met him when I was playing goblins down in um in la actually really nice guy um yeah. but he played the deck and i think he only switched one card i think he ran an extra cabal therapy in the main deck which i don't agree with but he 5-0'd his league in it i mean it's the deck is really powerful and this the 75 that i posted at lobster con seems to be the pretty consistent list that we're seeing yeah hmm. yeah and, and yeah the, the tempting worm has been used in other combo ish we talked about it on the last episode also right anton yeah but we're, it's it's with mike harris here in uh in yeah. hermit fab um, mike had it against like faster decks especially not the creature based decks like more mm -hmm. the burn decks i guess mm. and stuff like that but you mentioned it might work against the control also i, I on paper it doesn't seem <laughs> so good but yeah, I only, in my mind, but that's because my default deck is Elves, so I, I can buy the rationale for it in Elves versus Sly specifically, because versus Sly, it will yeah. be good, but control and like give them two, three land drops, ooh, I don't like that, but Flint, you're the master here, so. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the really the the two cards they can beat you with at that point are Swords to Plowshares and like yep. a Wrath of God, right? Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, if they have the one of humility, the lot of the decks run, you're in trouble. Yeah. But, <laughs> but other than that, it's mm. pretty hard for them to to get out of it. I, I think I initially put it in the deck for Sly as well. But what I've found with more testing is you really don't need it against yeah. Sly. Um, you just don't with the shallow graves, and then you board in one exhum, and you're mm. fine. Um, it's it's a pretty consistently easy matchup, I would say, if you know how to mulligan and and the cards to keep and the lines to take. So I actually mm. don't feel like the deck needs Tempting Worm against Sly. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the original rationales for why I put it in the sideboard. I, my, the current iteration I have of it doesn't even have it in the sideboard current, uh, right now, so I've gone back mm -hmm. and forth on it. Yeah, but temp uh, Tempting Worm has been popping up more and more, I feel like, during the whole year, basically. Uh, I'm still not convinced on it, though. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the few times I've seen it, it hasn't really done anything, but sometimes it, you, I guess it goes the distance or something. Okay. It's hard with I get you you need it for to have some alternate like wing cons right uh, yeah. in the hermit knot deck. I think that's initially yeah. why right. I was thinking in another yeah. alternate. It's like a, a mini dreadnought almost, but you just hmm. you just don't need it against Sly. I think elves in an elves deck it makes a lot of sense against Sly. It's just really effective, and you can keep surviving for more of them and dropping five fives. And Sly is just going to be like, oh god, what what do I do now? Because I can't yeah. punch through these worms. Um, especially when you can attack and then untap them and things like that. Um, mm. So um, I think they make more sense in an Elves deck, but I'm, I'm not convinced. I think you already have two very powerful win conditions in the Hermit deck, and so, you know, yeah. we, granted, we don't have to make this whole podcast talking about the Hermit deck. No, no, no. I'd love no. to do that again, <laughs> um, but I, I'm just not convinced that they're necessary against Sly at no. this point with the testing that I've done. So basically we've seen... Uh, like first you doing well with it then we didn't see it for a while and now it started popping up again and my initial question was regarding the graveyard hate so going forward before we leave the hermit not deck or uh, will like unbanning show and tell and maybe it making a showing now uh, will it be as good in the future do you think Clint or I think it just depends. I, I mean, I, I don't think that I'd want to run into a, a mono blue stifle knot deck, which is another deck that we'll talk about, um, because mm. it has all the free counter magic. And one of the reasons why the Hermit Knot deck is so good is because of the mana curve, right? It's so low. And we'll talk about this with Pietro's you know little article or blurb that he, he wrote about. But you you can bottleneck them on their resources because you can win in the first couple of turns and your opponents just don't have access to a lot of mana. And so they don't have access to a lot of like counter magic, for example, against the control mm. decks. But I used to, to be afraid of playing decks like Stasis, for example, back in the day when it, when it was being played more often, like 2019, I would say, because mm -hmm. of all the, the, like the foils and the thwarts. And so they could go spell for spell with me in the first couple of turns with the dazes and the free counter magic. And so... I, I would actually be more afraid of, of facing a mono blue stifle knot deck than I would say, hmm. you know, facing a Tormod's Crypt. Just given yeah, yeah. the main deck interaction that I that I have for a card like Tormod's Crypt, I would say it's consistent enough anyhow. Yeah. So you can work around it, uh, and that might be a good like you already mentioning the blue dreadnought stifle knot deck. Is that the deck we should? move to because uh, we can talk really we're still talking dreadnoughts right so there's some there's a, there's <laughs> <Yeah>. a nice <laughs> theme <Some overlapping. laughs> yeah 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 obviously uh, primal cost uh, did a uh, 
episode like last week about about this but um yeah it's everywhere now uh i think while we're recording the finals of the four brawl is taking place right now uh, yep mm. Sven Lutz yeah, versus uh, Richie, also next seg- segue, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's everywhere. And mm. um, I think it also answers like a part of the meta discussion. Where if we talk Hermit, uh, Hermit not back in like May, and we had Turtle Splash back then, like people didn't play their graveyard hate. Now we have another access to attack graveyard hate combo and it's just free counters um, yeah. as Flint just said and like this is what Mono Blue Dreadnought does excellent so they, they don't why, even why hasn't it been played more like in the past because if I'm remembering things right like it started out maybe blue red ish and went to blue black right and now it's just like all in full blue with gushes and everything that's really good with it but yeah, it's the. This should be the main build. <laughs> like looking at it on paper, it seems like this is where you start, not going like around just to find the this. Yeah, but people like to like try stuff out. I mean, this deck, I, 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 I will admit it's super consistent and it's super good, but it's so yeah. boring. It's, <laughs> I was it, waiting for it that. It plays out. It plays <laughs> out exactly the same. Like. Yeah. It's only it's the same play pattern every fucking match. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's fun to gush. I mean, gush is obviously broken in half in this deck, but mm. like that's it. it. It's the only interesting thing you you do if you gush in mm. a blind to hope find one of your A plus B pieces and then you set it up. But um, adding another color like white with metal image or black with duress or green with threshold uh, stuff like. It's interesting. It it makes it work on another axis, and I, I guess like that's that's something people strive for uh, to have fun while playing Magic. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah. I I wonder too if it's like um a a flexibility um, piece too in terms of the game plan because you know the the red blue versions run Grim Lava Mancers and have you know Fire Ices and have other interaction while you're waiting to kind of find your Dreadnought. And the, the blue-green ones can go the threshold route, you know, with um, the mongoose, the werebear, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Which can be a good yeah. plan while you're cantripping and things like that. And then the <clears throat> white introduces Enlightened Tutor and Meddling Mage. And so, and black, of course, gives you Limduel's Vault and, you know, Duress. And so there are these mm-hmm. sort of, you know, sub-game plans that the other colors, you know, obviously afford you when, when you add them. And there's even the Espernaut version, right? That yeah. was was around in 2020 and then kind of went away for a while and then Mano ran it in the PSS, the most recent uh, PSS that we that we had because it gives you access to a lot of, you know, different um, lines of play. But it's interesting, you know, the Dreadnought really hasn't um, been around this much in the meta since 2020, right? I think it was, yeah. that was kind of mm-hmm. the year of the Dreadnought and I think it may have been you, Anton, or someone else who had commented on, on the podcast and people are just jamming Dreadnoughts into everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it... I, I would say that it's just as prevalent now as it was back then. We'll see how long it sticks around. But it, the mono blue version, you know, it's it's so simple in that it's it's almost like a fast stasis deck, right? Yep. It's not running yep. Forsaken City, but it has, you know, foils instead of maybe relying so much on Thwart, but it has the dazes, it has the gushes. It has a lot of these cards that enable you to cast free spells, which is precisely what you need in a Dreadnought deck. You need to be hmm. able to to spend a certain proportion of your mana 
and it sometimes, of course, even tap out on a, uh, with a low land count to get a dreadnought into play. Yep. Then you got to be able to protect it, right? And mm. having all of these free spells and really going on and all in on them has, is what really makes this deck powerful, I would say. And it's the sure. same reason why I, I always dread playing against Stasis is because they have all that early interaction. And this deck does too, right? We see people yeah. countering turn one lackeys, you know, with a foil, you know, or turn one mm -hmm. land taxes with a foil, right? It's, it's almost like the Force of Will deck of the format. Yeah. It's not as good as mm -hmm. Force of Will, I know. Everybody, you know, calm down. Um, <laughs> but, but it's the closest thing that we have, right? And it enables yep. um, a deck with a low land count um, to, to just mm -hmm. be incredibly interactive on the first couple of turns and also when it needs to tap out or, you know, spend... The, the mana on the battlefield, at least, to, um, to, to, to play a Dreadnought and protect that Dreadnought. So it's, it's pretty powerful. And I, I built it as yeah. well and have been playing around with it. I, I agree, Anton. I think it's pretty boring to play. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely a powerful deck, and it's yeah, got a lot yeah, of powerful yeah. spells. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I played against the Mono Blue version. I played the blue the latest time. Last time I played like was the blue-black version. But, yeah, uh, I, I think the... It's the format's Delver. <laughs> I think I like. Yep. You you have stifles. You have like in, the interaction is like going the distance with a creature, mm -hmm. uh, but like pre-modern don't have as we don't have brainstorms. We don't have so maybe as you mentioned the land taxes and those cards are so like important for the, each deck is built mm. built up around a certain card. So I'm thinking maybe that's why, like the blue Cyphernaut deck is so good uh, right now is because countering a uh, land tax for a parfait deck is like it, it doesn't have the the engine going yep. like the, it needs and countering I don't know elves maybe <laughs> harder but. Perhaps yeah, but I mean like that you, you need to. I take guess a, a like this take if we talk this take we should credit. Sven Lutz, uh, I guess, is the like originator who who innovated on the deck because Mono Blue Stefan has been around for yes. for a long time. We should mention that it's not a new deck, but like the current shell yeah. um, is just understanding the meta and refining. When we get more players, and yeah, they refine archetypes now. So like, mm. uh, very very rarely do we see like completely new archetypes, but we have seen a lot of like new nice refined meta tweaked archetypes i guess mm. um but yeah it's um definitely like also one of the mainstay why we also need to pack like four disenchant effects now <laughs> in every mm. main deck because uh, mm. that's also something we've been like seeing more and more during 2022 people have realized that and i guess that should segue us to parfait as the next deck yeah um which also is a it's, deck that has been a, around, but uh, like it took until, I don't know, this year. Is it also boring, but <laughs> in another part of the spectrum? <laughs> I, I don't think that deck is boring at all. I think it's super okay. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, hate tab, tab. <laughs> yeah, I hate I, it. I hate it. I way, think it's but, my least yeah. favorite deck in the format right now. Yeah. Um, all right. I, so it's funny, like Mike Arnold makes fun of me because he says I'm like a closet pink prison player because I've done done well in some of the monthlies with, monthlies with the deck, but every time I play it, I just don't like it. So the first time I did well with it, I, I was like, how can I make it better, like faster, so I don't have to just like drag these games yeah. out. So I added Seismic Assault and Academy Rector to it in mm. form of the dragon and just went like on the spice, you know, side yeah. of things and s still did all right with it. Um, 
and it was yeah. more fun to play. And to me, Parfait is the epitome of like the slow grind, like long decks. Mm. And if you think about it, if you don't win your, your game one, the odds that you win your match in a timed round are very, yeah. very slim, you know? Yeah. And Mark Vogt talked about that on, mm. on Mano's podcast, right? And I hate decks that like try to that have to do that or they go to a draw and that are just that slow and mm. just like slowly but surely cut off all of the lines and sort of like a prison um, strategy that the other player wants to take. I mean, you're talking to someone who played, you know, the five minute deck or whatever at LobsterCon. So <laughs> this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. But um, I just don't like decks where, where that's the angle. I don't like the super long prison, yeah. you know, slow the game down and then completely shut your opponent off. So that's not the style of deck that I like to play. So that's why I hate the deck. I respect the hell out of the deck, though. I think it's very, very powerful. It's very, very good. And I think that you don't have to be a perfect player with it either. I think it's pretty forgiving because of how powerful it is. And if you watch some of the, the games from some of these tournaments with players playing the deck, there are some play mistakes that you will see, but it doesn't even matter because yep. the deck does such powerful things. And credit to and you. You mentioned Mark. I just want to yeah. like for the listeners that, that he took down the European Championship with it, mm. like a clean run, even or something yeah. like that. Anton? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So and and he was on the Mano <coughs> podcast. So if people wanna, if if they can manage, they can watch the games and they're slow. Yes, mm. <laughs> then they can listen in on him, like talking through each decision. I think it's a, if it's a clean built deck it has all the answers mm -hmm. and as i mentioned the engine is what keeps it ticking with land tax but also it not being as a slow control deck because uh, of the fast mana in a way right yeah so uh, it's a very very powerful deck yes i agree it's but not as slow I as pink like prison but it's slow <laughs> yeah it is but pink prison yeah okay <laughs> maybe we don't need to go into it, but Pink Prison like hits from another angle, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Parfait yeah. plays Armageddon instead, so yeah, yeah. and sure, but, we uh, have Geddons yeah. and stuff like that. But it, it's also it feels so bad when you're watching <laughs> some like playing against elves and, <laughs> and just like playing Geddon and oh, yeah. like he had the biorhythm, I remember, mm. like in the. I watched Voigt playing in the maybe yep. semifinals or something. I was like slowly trying to get the land count to play Biorhythm, but then, then again, it's like, well, yeah. let's just start over. Yeah. That, that's basically what that deck does. Yeah. It doesn't win, it just start over, over yeah. and mm. over again. Yeah. And that's not what I like <laughs> with it. Well, well, I but Anto, you, you, you feel it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't play it, uh, but I enjoy playing versus, versus it, and I think like yeah, it's it's a it's a cool deck. Uh, I do not like Lantex uh, engine decks overall because I suck at playing them. Uh, mm. But it's a cool deck. I think we should mention also uh, Richie also did a ATC uh, uh, appearance with, with Mono. Yeah, it, after Lobster Con, so that there there's like two episodes about it, uh, both from Mark's perspective and. Uh, Richie's per perspective. So there's there's mm. a lot of content on this deck. Uh, mm. If you need, yep. if you want to hear more, mm. yeah, absolutely. But regarding Pink Prison, have we even seen Pink Prison making? Because I uh, regard it as a pretty good deck, isn't it? What, what's the is Parfait just a better version of yeah. Pink Prison at this point? Yeah, I, with, with cleaner answers or yeah, I think I think um, Parfait is probably just a, a better, a cleaner 
um, more uh, deck more generally, right? If you read the OG Pink Prison article that's on you know, the pre-modern website, mm. you know, the reason why it was built and played in that tournament was because you know he expected a lot of creature decks, and Pink Prison's very good against creature decks. Mm. But I, you know, I would say that Parve is just as good against creature decks but it's also a swiss army knife in in a sense of it's also good against a lot of other decks it has a lot of answers and it's finely tuned right so it can can play against other decks and it really punishes players for trying to play magic fairly and and traditionally right if you play lands i get to land tax if you play creatures i get to oath right and it's the epitome of like why wizards supposedly bans cards in modern magic that that punish players for trying to play magic as it's intended right um, and that's that's really what Parfait does. It's okay well, if you play your lands, I'm gonna land tax you. Or I'm gonna Armageddon you. If you play your creatures, I'm yeah. gonna oath you, right? And and then I'm gonna and I'm gonna spend all the time in the world shuffling my deck over and over and over and over and over yeah. again. Ha- well. Have fun, right? So <laughs> anyway, I won't say anything more about it. But it's a very no. powerful deck. It's a very good deck, and Mark and, and and Rich and some others have been crushing with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. We have another oath deck that appeared. I'm not sure. This might have appeared in December 2021, but the deck definitely got steamed this year. It was also, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's uh, also in Flint Espel creation, uh, the Pyrostatic Oath deck. Um, super, super cool tweak with Oath, what you can do. Flint, you want to talk us through this deck a little bit? Yeah, sure. It, so this is, you know, this is an interesting segue because it's, I built it so I, you know, precisely for the reasons that I mentioned. I wanted to build something that had somewhat of a prison element, but was faster, right? The same reason why I made the changes to Pink Prison. I wanted to play an Oath deck, but I didn't want to play, you know, a long... I didn't want to play, you know, the the green-white Oath deck, for example. I thought it was too slow. You know, the games would be way too long. And I was like, how can I build an Oath deck that's faster and takes advantage of what's going on in the format, like with Elves, for example? And so... Um, that's why I came up with the red-green version, because you have access to the burn spells, you have access to Pyrostatic Pillar, which punishes the opponent, right, for playing spells, certainly, yeah. but punishes you as well, um, so there's a little more symmetry there. Uh, you don't quite break it as well as I think I'd like to with the lists, um, but then the oaths are there just so you can get a, a Bloodfire Colossus into play and wipe your opponent's board and deal them six damage to their face, which is going to get that life total even lower. So now these bolts, the incinerates that were in the original list and the fire blasts can can yep. finish things off. So it's, it's sort of a faster, control, more controlly like burn slash prison deck. It's, it's really hard to, to pin it in one category. Um, but it was nice too, because with the green, you have access to the naturalizes and a lot of white cards that can stop red decks from doing their thing. So it was kind of the, my answer to where the format was with elves doing so well, wanting to play an oath deck, but not wanting the games to go really, really long. Yeah, and getting to see like an old all-star Bloodfire Colossus shine. <laughs> Apocalypse, uh, like mm-hmm. Chase Rare, no, no it wasn't. But uh, yeah, <laughs> in, in someone's crap box, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that, like that deck, I guess it was this spring, and I think a lot of like um, Spanish leagues or, or Latin American leagues, uh, they did some real good uh, uh, appearances with that deck. Uh, yeah. So, so it has definitely like has uh, shown up this year. 
Yeah, it, it had some good runs for sure. I played it a couple times, made some tweaks to it, changed some things around, played some wonky cards. Spent a lot of time on the pre-modern Magic site, just like scrolling through all the green cards and all the red cards and trying to figure <laughs> out like what I could put That's in the, the deck. Favorite way of building decks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tried. I tried Pyrostatic Pillar and uh, Spell Shock as well this year in another uh, kind of green red stew, but not as cool as your Pyrostatic Oath build. Fair I have used Ravenous Bailoth and Spike Feeders to to gain uh, back my life. <laughs> but yeah, Manlands are good in that shell. Yeah, the Manlands are the, the most important cards in the shell yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And then we had another Oath deck. Uh, if we're, or do you want to talk some more about this deck, or should we continue? No, no. Or are you asking Fling? <laughs> <laughs> we can we can move on. I, it's, it's totally we, fine. We, we, let's move on. Okay. Yeah. We so, have a bunch of things. Yeah. To okay. Cover. Okay. So let's speed uh, up. Uh, another oath deck, but not necessarily an oath in current iterations. But Turtle Splash uh, came out of nowhere. Yeah, by one man, Connor Brown, who's been on the show and talked about this. But like, yeah, that that happened this year. So it, mm. it's been a long year. And uh, that deck uh, certainly took advantage of the lack of Thomas scripts uh, and Lond Rods uh, in the earlier half of the year. Yeah, it was like the very next episode, right? After I was on, Connor yep, was yep. on, and he won. Yep. Uh, was it the Spring Fling that he won with it? Yeah, it was the Spring Fling. Yep, yep. And then I think the very next monthly, um, Jens took it all the way to mm. the finals, where Rich, I think, beat him with Parfait, right? But yep, yep. Jens took the deck all the way there as well. and. Just yeah. kind of show that the deck is good. It's powerful. I built it and played it for fun on a stream with Hoip um, mm. and got to got to experience it. It's a really cool deck. Um, it's a lot of fun to play. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it is a bit, I'm going to say clunky, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's super fun. <laughs> like, I've really enjoyed it uh, as well. And I think people have started to, like the Darmstadt guys, um, Chris Budesheim and Jens Jaeger, they have started to tweak, so they've replaced Oath now with Worldly Tutor main deck. Um, because Oath, I mean, it's not great. It's super good in the format, but like around 50% of the times, so you're not facing creature decks, so like you have right. to have a backup plan. And Worldly Tutor always gets you a game, game, um, gamekeeper. So there's that. And that Show sense. and Tell, yeah, and Show and Tell has. Um, in an appearance, it's a good, better sideboard card in that deck now. If you want to go like a transformative sideboard, uh, yeah, you're right. So you don't need a red uh, stronghold gambit uh, anymore. You can just show and tell your symbiotic words, for instance. Mm. Uh, which leaves us. Uh, I mean, the segues here are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> which leads us to a, to a new deck us uh, that's also been popping up uh, by. Mm. Uh, so I think that's like one of the more 
perhaps first what? good overall yeah. what 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 are, what are what is his route to the reanimator package if he plays with you, when you're playing show and tell he, he keeps it blue black so no like cedar brass or gemstone mine no five color stuff it's just pu uh, pure blue black and no animate deaths uh, so yes yep. of course four reanimates four exhumes but over, instead of animate death he has three show and tell main deck and one fourth in the sideboard mm -hmm. uh so he has he can now play a chroma because you couldn't really play a chroma with animate that uh, it was yeah, exactly. too much of a liability yeah so yeah there's like some i don't know um if we're gonna use the word streamlining i'm not sure that's correct but like he has a way to play around graveyard hate uh now and yeah that's basically what that deck needed since we're not mm. getting uh, entomb unbanned any second uh, anytime uh, soon ever Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean it was the perhaps most like i'm not sure what to call it but like what we could expect uh people to mm. do with show and tell and yeah it, uh, i played uh, reanimate some with show and tell and it's, it's a fun deck it's it looks, not yeah. a, it looks sorry. really cool i was just gonna say like and i'd love to see more people try it out i mean we don't i don't know if we have data on how many people have tried his list right so that mm. Sometimes the data are a little biased in terms of we only see what makes the top eight, right? And so there's yeah. that, you know, yeah. Uh, the, the, so the, uh, the the decks that don't make it don't get the attention. But um, I know I've talked with a couple other people who have asked about show and tell, you know, in reanimator lists, and I just send them Tom's list. And I'm like, try this and see how it goes. Um, but I do like the the 75 that he he played, um, and I think it looks looks pretty solid. Um, you know, reanimator was one of those early. And when I say early, I'm, I mean like 2019. I started playing in 2019, yeah. so that's yeah. you know the early days for me. Um, but I know that there were a lot more you know reanimator decks running around then, and with mixed results. Um, mm. But it would be cool to see reanimator make a, make a comeback. It's a it's a fun deck. It's a cool deck. It's a it's a very traditional uh, you know shell or archetype. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see you know how things develop. Yeah, I, I think the 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 main thing that Tom's list doesn't play is dark ritual. And what I'm trying right now is like a more classic uh, animate, not, not animate, dark ritual um, based. Um, right. So I play like Pewter Dimp still because it's so good with uh, dark ritual. Uh, but Tom plays Helpless Researcher instead, so he can draw a card and discard a card. So it's like, yeah, there's nuance there. But... That's that's my old tech. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we could go back to maybe 2019 when I built a hapless researcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's it's a nice. <laughs> but I do like the pewter imp because it also like, it's not unheard of that you you can swing in for like 14 damage and then they have dealt with your creatures. But then you have your little yeah. threshold two two fire, uh, mm. who like seals the deal. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. I'm 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 interested to see where we're heading with like show and tell paving the way for like the total bus of see like hope for, like hoping you have a answer turn one if they start they have torments and you have to work that around that and now yeah. now we have you have you mentioned earlier like gambit oh. but. That's not really clean, <laughs> so it's nice uh, having it in the format. But maybe we're not talking about show and tell later on. But have have we seen any other show and tell decks than like making a show in uh, like only reanimator decks? Uh, in Jackie Puch Dollars, he just today top aided like a Spanish tournament, local tournament with 28 players with his um, Dreamhalls uh, Storm deck. 
okay. so he wrote a blog post about it on the premodernmagic.com site. Uh, that looks pretty cool, actually, that deck. Mm. Mm. So, but I, I guess because of the current meta where everyone plays like for naturalized effects, like what you're gonna put into play with show and tell, or what you wanna put into play if it's not reanimator, is a like cool enchantment or artifact, and um, a lot of decks can yeah. handle that right now. So, yeah. Yeah, like seal of cleansing is a problem mm. if <laughs> for a bunch of the combo decks, anyhow. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I've built some versions with show and tell, but I haven't really figured it out. So I'll be sure to uh, check out some of the ones that actually made yeah. a good <laughs> showing during some tournaments. Flint, have you resol Have you solved recycle Cheerios yet? <laughs> I've not solved it. I've built uh, I mean, a, a couple different versions that are really, really fun to play, but they're not just not very good. Mm. Um, I. Have even been sort of exp experimenting with, um, you know, some some really wonky decks that use mind over matter with show and tell. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're they're just they're just not good enough. They're really fun, um, mm. spicy decks, but yeah, they just they get crushed in the current meta. Um, if yeah. you if you wanted to play them in a in a monthly, so not there yet, but it's it's still still on my list of to dos, yeah. um, <laughs> shall we say? So mm. stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be cool. I have one more deck on the, the 2022 breakout list of decks. Uh, and that's the last episode we did, Seb, uh, the Hermit Fab deck. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's basically my who has played it, and I guess Johannes Kamler, but we'll see if, uh, it, if it will get some more traction or not. Yeah, uh, I'm still interested to hear Flint's view on this, mm? playing an, another, like, Hermit deck, a bunch. What do you think? I love the deck. Um, Mike had sent it to me. Um, I think the day he, or maybe the day before, maybe the morning of the tournament that he was at in New Jersey, where he did well with it, he sent me the list, and I was kind of talking it through with him. And um, I think it's a, a really cool. Uh, in, I think it's cool in terms of how resilient it can be, right? So it almost feels like yeah. my version of the deck with more mid to late game play, right? So mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. thing that I always tell people when they message me about the, the Hermit Not deck is, well, what do you do against this? And what do you do against that? What do you, they're like, what do you do against mm -hmm. this and this and this? And I'm like, look, if the game goes to turn five, you're probably not gonna win. So yeah. you've, yeah. you've, gotta, you've gotta win in the first, you know, three to four turns. And so that's why there's a, a critical mass of this kind of card or that kind of card. Like you can't have every answer for everything. And one of the mm. reasons I built it the way I did is because, you know, silver bullets aren't going to save you. You just have to, to sideboard in a way that's going to help you lean slightly more in one direction instead of another, mm. right? And that's how you win games. <laughs> but what I, I'm, I'm seeing the matrix uh, thing when you're <laughs> dodging bullets here, yeah, exactly. <laughs> rather than <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so with 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 Mike's version, though, what I really like about it is he can play past those first you know three or four turns and still win right he's got yeah. he's got more of a, gr a grindy resilient element to it and um i really like the addition of hermit engine to the feb shell and i played feb before and i did all right with it um it's you know it's not an easy deck to play obviously you know people who follow pre-modern content or have played the deck know that um no. but I, I really like the deck i think it's cool and i think that 
if there was some crazy world where Dreadnought, you know, just takes over and everybody's playing Dreadnought and Martin Brulin is like, I've had it up to here with this shrimp um, and bans <laughs> Dreadnought, I think, you know, that's probably the shell that I would play. I would probably pivot yeah. into that Hermit mm. Fab. It's probably mm. what I would do. Mm. I think it's a really cool deck. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I liked it. I, I put it up and I played it some and it's fun, but it gives you a headache mm. uh, for sure. Uh, because yeah. you play three games for a match and not just one. So, like, the first game, easy. Then you go to sideboard and I'm lost. <laughs> uh, hardest deck like ever. Like, even sideboarding? Or yeah, 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 like, yeah. Because you yeah. need to remove some sort of like package. Like, everything changes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, do you go <laughs> okay. full fab yeah. now or do you keep the yeah, hermit? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's mm. super hard deck. You're not in the Matrix then? I'm not, I'm not, no. <laughs> and I think you should do what Mike did. Like, play it for six months. Learn, learn the deck yeah. like yeah it, it takes have some notes yeah <laughs> on every else. play you might have and lay awake figuring out what you could have done <sighs> right but like you you guys mentioned earlier uh like in real tournaments uh this is a bit slower uh combo deck than than yours flint but uh, it's it's like with slide people bring slide to big tournaments so they can like have clean they know that they will not win every game but they win a lot with mm -hmm. the deck i guess and uh, this is also what i feel with these types of combo decks right uh, you, you're bound to <laughs> you're bound to hit whatever humility or oh. weird uh, cards that just like okay i can't win against this but i don't think the right direction from there is thinking how can i win like late game it's rather what you said then, Flint. It's like, okay, accepting defeat <laughs> and mm -hmm. moving on and like try to be, what, what is the deck? How do you win with this? And is it good in the meta? And yeah. well, we've, we've seen these types of deck popping up then. There. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, I think if you're going to go play at a seven round tournament and you're going to bring Hermit Feb, you better have a ton of reps with it, right? Yeah. It's not a deck that you want to, just pick up and try to play out of the blue because you're probably going to go to time a lot. You're probably going to make a lot of mistakes in terms of the lines that you try. Right. Um, when we were in LA, I'm going to call out uh, Galen. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, Galen. Uh, let me from let me yeah. from that from the pre-modern scene. Um, he was down there, and the night before we were at the hotel, and he was like, "Should I play this? Should I play that?" And he's like, "I kind of want to play parfait." And I, I was like, "How much parfait <laughs> have you played?" And he's like, "Well, I built the deck, and you know, I've done a couple reps." And I was like do not play parfait tomorrow like just mm -hmm. do not do it and i should know better as a psychologist you tell someone not what not to do a lot of times they're just going to uh, dig their heels yeah. in and do the opposite yeah um i should have just had him tell me the reasons why he might want to play each deck and then kind of gently nudge him <laughs> in one direction but i didn't yeah. i was just like don't do it like we'd had some beers and i was just being really frank with him i was like just don't mm -hmm. like it's a bad idea mm -hmm. do not do it and then i think three or four rounds you know th three rounds in he's like you were right. I shouldn't have played Parfait. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these uh, decks are fine, but yeah. get a lot of reps in. Really know your lines, know your matchups, and then you can go play something like Hermit Fab or regular Fab or Parfait, right? You know, in mm, these yeah. in these all day or longer tournaments. But absolutely, do not pick these up and think that you're gonna just wing it in a in a tournament because it's it's odds are it's probably you know it's probably not gonna go very well for you. Anton, yeah. that's what happened when, when I asked you about what I should play in the European champions. I, I said, like, <laughs> should I play the rock? or No, it's a mid-range deck. You haven't played that much pre-modern lately. It's probably not that good. Yeah. You should 
You should. You need to play more. Well, I'm bringing the rock. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, but you did deliver though on the rock. So yeah, kudos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I didn't feel bad about. It wasn't really that same discussion because it was more uh, in the general idea like you should also play what's most fun, I guess, yeah. in these yeah. seven, eight, nine rounds you're playing Magic. You should have a bit of fun. That's probably why you wouldn't bring uh, Mono Blue, Cypher Knot and Anton. No, no. Um, I, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it is, I've always hated on Sly and I've never understood Sly players. Uh, but now I'm rooting for Sly. Whenever there's Monoblue, Dreadnought versus Sly, <laughs> Sly is the good guy. And I never, ever thought that would happen. But yeah, that's yes. how much I find uh, Dreadnought, Monoblue, Dreadnought, like boring. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's it's that. come to this. <laughs> it's come to this, yeah. So we talked about the breakout decks this year, basically. Uh, and we're moving on over to like the big tournaments that hmm? is this the we've had big real life tournaments since the pandemic but this year we have a bunch of them right now yeah um this i guess the part we're gonna talk about is tournaments uh, with um, seven rounds with or more so hmm. uh basically the 100 plus player tournaments this year uh that has been so it's been four uh, LobsterCon, Eurochamps, uh, Spain Nationals, and Italian Nationals so far. Uh, but there has been a lot of like, you know, mid-size 40, 50 player tournaments, and obviously that data is great to look at, but we just didn't have the time and effort to put all that data in. Um, mm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll suffice with this for now. And where do we start off, would you say? Should we go from the first tournament this year and forward time-wise i th i think we should, could just generally talk about the basically the archetypes we have seen in top eights and um uh doing a summation of all the representation of those uh throughout mm -hmm. these four tournaments um if that's fine mm -hmm. Flint, what do you That's say? Good. Do you have, a, you have uh, an opinion? I'm, I'm along for the ride. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we could just look at the totals here. And we've included top 16 uh, for LobsterCon, Eurochamps, and Spain. But Italy only has top 8 on TCDEX, so only a uh, top 8 there. So we have 56 decks uh, to talk about. Uh, should we do the most represented archetypes? Just Put it out there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yep. most play decks uh, deck is of course Sly. So mm. uh, with ten representations, the fun police, the fun police, right? And, and this is top eight, Anton. And top sixteen. And so, top sixteen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if we only look at top eight, there's only four showings of Sly. So yeah, what that means? Uh, yeah, we can expect one Sly in a top eight on average. Mm. Makes but sense. With top, yeah, with top 16, there's 10. So um, there are a lot of like those 5-2 slide decks out there, uh, yeah. which is yeah probably the record I would expect uh, from a slide uh, deck on average. 4-3, 5-2, five, mm. five, something. Uh, and then we have, if we include, yeah, top 16, we have elves as number two. 
not mm. a shocker. It's funny. Three of these four tournaments was um, played by Pablo Suarez from Spain. Mm. Um, yeah, Very and he top aided. <laughs> yeah, he is. He top aided yeah. all three. Uh, Beast. He he won the Spain. He lost the finals in Eurochamps, and he uh, lost a quarter in Italy. But like, man, mm. this this dude is insane with a bike. Uh, mm. So only looking at top eight, there's only five appearances of elves, uh, three of which is are from Pablo, <laughs> but uh, a bit more, uh, seven appearances in if we include top sixteens as well. But like, if I'm reading this correctly, there's clearly more slide decks in a tournament mm. overall, yeah. um, but some of or one of them should make top eight, mm. but there aren't that many. Elf stacks probably right in the whole tournament that it is sly, no. but still one makes so it's a more consistent deck in that sense maybe. Yeah, it ha has higher conversion rate for Winning, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it's it's also a cheaper deck to build. Sly is right. Sly, yeah. So yeah. like <laughs> you know, cradles right, are a right. huge rate limiting factor <laughs> when it comes mm. to elves. Um, so so mm. there's there's probably a, an inherent confound there, but um, mm. yeah. I would argue that Elves is a harder deck to, to play than Sly, but still Elves is also kind of forgiven. Like I even if you fuck up uh, something, you still have your survival and you still have a lot of like one ones you can attack them. So yeah, there's that. Mm. I think it's probably like the, you know, the top X percentage Elves players are leagues ahead of everyone else playing Elves, right? You know, it's like mm. the deck is forgiving to a point, but then there are just all these different lines that you can take yeah. and, and tricks that you can do that the seasoned Elves player is going to know that someone who just picks up the deck probably isn't going to be as aware of. Yeah, yeah. allegedly mm. Fluffy does thousands of damage on Elves. Um, uh, on a regular like FNM basis, that that's mm. how, how he rolls. So there's that. <laughs> Kamal is a hell of a card. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, so the third most uh, common appearance from um, decks in top sixteen is uh, the Rock, actually, which is fun. Um, yay! yay. Hey, go, Seb, <laughs> Seb uh, is added to that number. <laughs> Uh, I guess we should mention that if we're only ca counting top eights, it's only one. So, hmm. uh, Mike Flores. Makes sense yeah, still, I, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if that's a point to Mike Flores' um, storytelling that you're, you're not winning with the rock. But yeah, it can make an appearance here and there. But it yeah. it's a deck that's fun to my heart, at least. I I love it, and I feel <coughs> it it should see some representation like in this. If we circle back to this is 100 plus tournaments, right? Yeah. So we see a lot of Sly and Rock is very good against Sly. Yeah. If you're playing the like usual versions of it, you have walls and you have beasts that gains you four. <laughs> so they, each card is like two for one or mm. at the very least and wins you rather early. We talked about Tempting Worm earlier, yeah. but having a also, the ability to gain four life is pretty crazy. So mm. that's also probably a reason why it's doing well, but probably maybe not winning <laughs> as you actually. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's a deck that preys on the meta. So like you really need yeah. to, and, and it's a quite a flexible deck. Like, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's like four to five cards are probably stock in that uh, list, but like 15 flex mm. cards basically mm. uh, means you really need to plan ahead and read up on your meta. Uh, yeah. 
So, yeah. Hmm. And if you're Brian Kowal, you play Mesmeric Fiend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love BK, but I do not love those Mesmeric Fiends there. Uh, but, yeah. I guess. It's nice to have another sheet for your Cabal Therapist, like having a peak. Yeah, but it dies to <laughs> deed and it's super yeah, weird, yeah. so yeah. Whatever. Okay, next deck. Um, with four appearances, uh, we have... And that's specifically the green-red version of Goblins. Uh, and this is counting top 16. Uh, if we count top 8, it's, it's three decks. So, so green-red is yeah. what we're... Yeah. Like, everyone's playing green-red if they're playing. Yeah, in these 100... We're not playing black anymore. No, in these 100-plus uh, player tournaments, it's been green-red. Mm. Everyone. Okay. Uh, that has gone yep. uh, well. And yeah, mm. I guess that's as it should be. The deck is uh, good. Yeah, that yeah. is. You mentioning the lack earlier, mm. it clearly has some real, real powerful early games. And like, maybe it's not as consistent as Elves, but sure, you can really get things going, even though you have have your board wiped or whatever, right? Yeah. You can I mean, come back from that. Yeah, there are just like hands with that deck that are just unbeatable for most decks. Like, you just mm. turn one yeah. lackey. Turn two, swing in, hit, drop a siege gang, play a pile driver, good game. You know, it's yeah. it's mm. it's just mm. it's a turn three kill. Like it's yeah. it's so good. I I played it in L.A. because I I wanted to play a non combo deck. Although a lot of people would argue that red green goblins is kind of a combo deck, um, but it's mm. a lackey only with lackey. Cool. I would say otherwise it's just a it's a yeah. nice aggro yeah. synergy synergistic deck. And even no. with a bad bad mana base, <laughs> um, I still managed to do pretty well with it. And there were just hands that I. I opened with where I was like, oh my god, this deck is this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous this how is good nuts. this is. Yeah. Did you splash green in that version as well? Or? Yeah, I played red green. Yeah. So and you say bad mana base, is that nine green lands or what? Nine we green sources? We, we don't have to talk about it. We don't it. have to it's, talk about that. Okay. It's, okay. it's fine. <laughs> I got roasted pretty hard in the pre modern page by Nyaki uh, and some others. Uh, and, yeah. and, and 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 deservedly so. But um, <laughs> I have since fixed it and my, my current version is, is has a has Nyaki approved um mana uh, base. So we're we're good. Uh, we're good. <laughs> Uh, I think I played a festering goblin in my list. May yeah, I think so. Maybe in the cyber or something. But that was more of a homage to Martin Bernard. Yeah. Because <laughs> early on, it's his pet card. He always put at least one in. And it's especially for Lackey, I'd say. It's good against Sly also, mm. uh, clearly. But uh, uh, There are better cards on, in the rock. If it's the yeah. rock we're talking about. So, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But <laughs> early on, I remember... Uh, seeing goblins as problematic like is this deck too good oh, even yeah. but clearly things have uh, <laughs> moved forward so it has made an, a good appearance then, I, I mean it would be interesting to uh, overview data over uh, throughout the years time. over time yeah, yeah. Uh, I know PJ Priestley he um, he did a recent like look over 2022 complete meta of TC decks, decks and the most common played decks there is goblins actually so like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a pretty cheap deck for premodern standards and uh, yeah. yeah it's it's great so but also for like real life tournaments that's when people bring their stasis decks because I'm a stasis mm -hmm. player yeah, right yeah. and that's when people play, bring their like I don't know if we see any uh, Lord of Atlantis, is, but <laughs> Gobl we have goblins and we have elves yeah. and we have some of those uh, archetypes that people like. I'm a goblin player, so yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. We also have that. Yeah, 
And yeah, it goes without saying, but the, the prevalence of Sly, obviously, and the elves. Uh, so we have one Monora deck that is the most prevalent deck in all like tournaments. And then the next most like prevalent deck is elves. So you have one tribal deck and one red deck. Who's going to get punished? Through cyborg guards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's goblins, right? So yeah. uh, it has an uphill battle. Everyone packs like Engineer Plague, Pyroclasms, yeah. and uh, like um, um, not Pyroblasts, Hydroblasts, and Blue Elemental Blasts, and whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so what you're saying is because of elves and Sly, goblins <laughs> get to suffer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah, all, all of the answers that's good against those decks are really good against uh, yeah. goblins. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, if we should move on, hmm? next most prevalent deck is Mon, no, not Mono, uh, Stifonauts. Uh, so we have four appearances in um, top 16s and in top 8s actually, so every appearance has gone top 8. Uh, but it's fun because it's four complete different versions of Stifonauts. So it's one Mono Blue, mm -hmm. it's one Blue White, it's one Blue Red, and it's one Blue Black. Yeah. But That's pretty, yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. And yeah, it is. Uh, I, I, I really think blue-red is the worst version uh, out there. Um, mm. But like blue-white, it's solid. Medley Mage and, and Light Tutor, great cards. Mm. Uh, black, obviously, the rest of the Limbus Vault, as you said. And yeah, the Beast of Mono mm. Blue, so yeah. Uh, and then we have... And, and it circles, sorry, but it circles back to also what you said, Flit, that you, we look, we tend to look at the first place decks and whatever like so mono blue has made a good showing but maybe that was not in the real life tournaments then i guess it's, it's more the cop last couple of months right yeah Sometimes. yeah it's it's, yeah. it's much yeah. much more recent right but yeah. i mean if you if you have seen some of the content that's coming out now it's like it it's doing well in some of these tournaments that are you know 20 yeah. 30 40 people yeah. it's it's dominating, but but also we we tend to look at like this deck one. It's too good, but now Anton, you're saying it's like in sixth place, and then you're counting in all the different versions yeah. of it. Yeah. Right? So uh, it's it's not that if we're looking at it from the standpoint of it does something need to be banned? Is a deck too mm. good or whatever? It's clearly not that. No, it's uh, clearly a fire blast. Like fuck that card, but. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah. Wait, 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 Anton, you don't like Fire Blast? Have you ever said that before? <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is the first I'm hearing of this. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, uh, it's good to look at the data, that's for sure. Because, um, but like, we will eat these words next year. Let's see how many yeah. Cyphalots, uh top eight. Could have been. Yeah. Could, could be, yeah. You're right. So then we have some decks on three appearances for top 16s included. We have uh, the Flint Special, Angry Hermit. Uh, whoop, whoop. And it's actually one, two of the four tournaments. So, yeah. Um, and it was the only Hermit deck at LobsterCon. And the two that top aided in Italy were the only two Hermit yeah. decks I know for a fact in that tournament. Yeah. So... That's mm. pretty consistent. Yeah. Pretty consistent. Pretty good. Um, yeah. So Flint ha may have solved the format, but who knows? I yeah. I no, absolutely not. <laughs> I know you're being facetious, but no. <clears throat> but mm. the deck's good. We can move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we have Parfait uh, with three appearances. Mm. Uh, it won um, the Eurochamps. It 
lost the finals in uh, LobsterCon and I semifinals I think in Spain. So I mean, solid deck for sure. Yeah. And these players are great pilots, every one of them. Like it was Paul Monster mm. who lost the semifinals in Spain. He did a like clean slate up until that, and uh, yeah, Mark and uh, Rich are obviously great as well. So yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, we have and this this is the surprise. No one is talking about this deck anymore. With the three appearances in four hundred uh, plus player tournaments, Devourer, mm -hmm. Devourer combo yeah. with fling and altar. Yeah, uh, I have completely like forgotten about this deck basically, but yeah, it's still I saw it being played in the not the like. The lower table numbered places like when i played but yeah it's also a deck that we mentioned goblins being problematic a while this clearly is in that discussion also when it broke out at least right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. everyone was scared shitless of this deck and uh, yeah it was it is very consistent mm. but people figure out yeah yeah it is uh no doubt uh should we prop should we give Mike Arnold some cred here? He, I, I'm not sure if we should name this deck Corn Pops, but I know he he gets happy when when he hears it. So okay, Corn Pops. <laughs> he's 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 definitely trying real hard for, yeah, know, for that I name know. to stick. I don't I don't think it's stuck yet, but no, no. kudos to Mike for his uh, tenacity. Yeah, for sure. Don't call it a comeback. Then we have had a secret conspiracy uh, underground uh, pre-modern communities there. It's called Project Mega. Make Enchantress great again. And yeah. it has been a great year for Enchantress. Uh, with three appearances of uh, top 16s in these hmm. four tournaments. Uh, I want to make clear that this is clearly worse than Parfait. <laughs> like, I guess, playing against, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's not but, fun but, to play versus Enchantress, unless you're on the rock, <laughs> basically, but yeah. But I think Enchantress is also like, it, it, I'll group the Enchantress people with Stasis people and uh, <laughs> whoever people that feels like, this is who I am, mm. this is a part of me, so I get it. I, I would rather play against Enchantress than Parfait. Parfait. Like Enchantress okay. is going to win the game way faster than Parfait, um, assuming they know what yeah. they're doing. And, and I think the deck well, is very, very good. It's very it consistent. Yeah. There was that monthly like, where like five of us made the top 16 yeah. with an Enchantress deck. It was yeah. the deck that I was probably going to play at LobsterCon if I didn't play Hermit. Um, mm. mm -hmm. It's it's really good. And if if they if you get an early Enchantress and then a Presence and just start to chain those spells, it's two maybe two more turns and the game is mm. over. Mm. So yeah. yeah, I'd rather play against that than you might be right. Yeah, and then a land I, tax I think, and an oath. Earlier versions, like way, way back, played like a Chroma and stuff like that also. 
So that's not as clean clearly as the versions now are. Uh, has protection from everything, 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 and then win in like one turn, right? Wait, so. wait, what? A chroma in Enchantress? Yeah, I played uh, like this must have been maybe 2016, 17. Uh, was in I'm not in the finals, but quarterfinals here in okay. Sweden. We weren't that big tournaments. Oh. it was Leifert. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, yeah, he won yeah. a Swedish nationals with Enchantress, right? Okay, yeah. look up that. Maybe he played, uh, still played Akroma then, or but, but that was with it was Oath, Gordon I played with Oath, or just by having Sarah Sankton. I don't on, remember. Ah, okay. yeah. I don't yeah. remember. I just remember like it, whatever. Yeah, it kids, felt... you don't need to play Akroma in Enchantress. <laughs> that's for sure. No, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I agree. It's uh, it's probably the most underplayed best deck in the format. Um, mm-hmm. Then we have. Do we have anything else with two apparent? Yeah, we actually have, and that's pretty funny. It's a rogue deck, and it's different iterations of one card, but it's zombie infestation rogue decks with two appearances, mm-hmm. uh, appearances uh, in top 16s. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but like zombie infestation with Squee and some other cool cards can. You can nice. Yeah, it's nice. You can have fun. Cool card. It's no, 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 none of them were storm, I guess, or something like that. Sorry, no one. No, no storm weird. No, 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 no. No, this was like Ash or... and Gold, uh, Carvacan Horror, yeah, okay. Squeeze stuff. Uh, hmm. Yeah, value town decks, but um, it's a cool one. Then we have just a lot of one-offs. Uh, should I just read them for the sake of content, and you can stop me if you want to talk about the deck? How 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 many are we? talking about uh, I think here. about 12, well, 15? I'm not sure. No, let's just move on. Yeah, let's if, move on. If no one wants to talk about any of them. No. I think we should. You already mentioned Zombie. I think we should talk is. about Slide. Yeah. 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 Slide's, a, Slide's a, a deck call. that, you know, we didn't mention in terms of the 2022 mm-hmm. decks. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, has put up at least one top 16, I think, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, the Eurochamps yeah. had... Yeah, one top eight of Eurochamps, yeah. Yeah, I think he also like had a like X and O-ish record with it in the Swiss, so... No, no, he won, he okay. won the winning in versus Aaron Dex on... Uh, okay. It was even on coverage. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. It's still a top eight. Yeah, yeah, still so. top eight. <clears throat> and Jens Jäger won the Dutch Nationals with the deck also, but that was yes. not uh, 100 players, so it didn't fit the format here. But yeah, sorry, go ahead, Flint. Yeah, I mean, it's it's for for all of us, you know, who've been playing Magic for a while and been you know in and out of it. We we remember it from you know the onslaught you know days. Uh, Red White Slide was this uh, really cool deck, innovative, taking yeah. advantage of cycling. I played it back in the day. I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. It was one of the first decks that I went to when I discovered pre modern. Is I wanted to put together and build it and play it, and the version that I built just wasn't quite there. I would say, um, and I think it's a, a deck that along with maybe. That and Madness are probably the two decks that a lot of older players who are nostalgic when they come to the format are like, oh, sweet, I can build this again, or yeah. I want to play this deck again. Um, and I know, you know, obviously, its biggest champion is Mike Flores, who mm-hmm. touts it and touts it and touts it, and then got crushed in the, the PSS, mm-hmm. uh, and then had his kind of his redemption arc that he, he wrote a story about more recently. When I was in New York City, we played that night or whatever he was there and he did pretty well with it and then Jens won a tournament with it which is more sort of vindication for Flores I do think that <laughs> the deck can do really powerful things um, 
if it's allowed to, right? Yeah. It, mm. it just takes a long time to build. So against fair decks, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But there, there are just these these scenarios where it, it just seems like it can't win at all, and it's it's just brutal. Um, Armageddon is obviously a very dangerous yeah. card for it. Yeah. And it's, Shit. That's why it struggles against Parfait, for example, and some of these other decks. It just needs to like grind out that mana base, get go to value town with mm. all of the cycling. Um, and then, of course, there's you know, Thine Glaciers you know, sometimes makes an appearance in the deck as well. But Flores showed me the list that he put together when I was in New York, and I was like, yeah, this looks much better. And he did really yeah. well with it. And then Jens did really well with it too. So to me, it's I love seeing it do well because I want it to do well because I, oh. I have just such a special place in my heart for the deck. Um, yeah. We'll see where things go from here, right? Maybe a year from now, no one's talking about it. Maybe not. We'll see if it mm-hmm. sticks around, but... Pretty cool to see a red-white slide deck doing well. That's kind of that's kind of my take. yeah, but I, I guess it's a good meta meta call. I mean, the deck has been in promoter forever, uh, so yeah. uh, and I guess it's not that many changes to it. But like, yeah, when elves is prevalent and goblins and sly, like this deck yeah. can really really shine. You have that's... life gain that cycles. You have like spark spray that kills everything. You have. Uh, Humility, you have... Uh, yeah, like, you have... Um, I always blank on the name, the red cycler that deals one damage to everything. Spark Spray. Uh, no. Is it Spark one, Spray? No, it's one damage to target creature player yeah. Spark Spray. The, the, the one damage uh, to everything, this, or four damage if you hard cost it. Uh, Sly... No, not Slice and Dice. Slice and Dice. Slice yeah, and dice. Slice and Dice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, in the correct meta, this deck is uh, a house. It's super, super mm. good. But yeah, now Parfait is there to punish it, so... Yeah, you're right. Uh, but like we, you are, you went through the list, mm. <laughs> like of the most played deck that did a good showing or whatever did did made top eight and top sixteen, and this is very good against many of them, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yep. for sure, for sure. Yep. So uh, yeah. yeah, is it slow though? Like playing, it's like yeah, is it mid rangey or where would you put it? Controlly for sure. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like a control more, deck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. I guess what this whole spreadsheet of data also shows is control decks do not play blue, uh, as Pietro De Sanctis also <laughs> <laughs> stated in his spreadsheet. Uh, we have a complete absence of uh, the classic blue-white landstill deck. Uh, and so if you want to play like counter spells, you're now playing... Either Stasis or Dreadnought. And if you want to play Swords, yeah, there's other yeah. options for sure. Uh, parfait for Solution. Yeah, or <laughs> Parfait for sure. But like, yeah. Um, yeah. What, how did we come to this? And like, has this affected? Is it not a tier one deck anymore? Hmm. Is that where we're. It's too. It, the, the wing cons are a bit too slow. But then again, we have this. You already mentioned now. Uh, like slide having uh, also decree of justice, but yeah, I don't know. I, what do you think, Flint? Why, why, why is blue white control not prevalent anymore? It's a really good question. I hadn't thought about it that much, um, and then I read Pietro's article and was was thinking about it. I would say in the last couple of days, and we we talked about it at LobsterCon. There was no blue white land still deck, yeah. right? And everybody's all yeah. up in arms about it. Like, how can this be? And then we have all these other big tournaments. And when we look at the top 16, we still don't see one. Right. Yeah. So it, maybe it's the kind of what you're getting at Seb, the slowness or sort of what I was talking about 
against control with with the hermit deck it's like if they want to go like one for one with you like counter spell or mana league or whatever you're usually okay with that because you can duress and then play your card you know yeah. and like the stifle knot decks can you know um the back uh, back things up with free counter magic or goblins is just going to go super super wide and it's not going to care about your one swords you know for example it's going to hope that it can just kill you before you find wrath of god that a lot of blue white decks have trimmed even when they do play blue white yeah. And so maybe it's just this this slower, grindier, one-for-one answer-for-answer strategy just isn't the right play right now, given that a lot of these decks can attack from a lot of angles and pretty quickly as well. Uh, they can just kind of get under that because blue-white really needs a lot of turns to get where it needs to get. You know, one of the yeah. ad- advantages, I think, about the the Rift, the Lightning Rift deck, the, the red-white, is that it has that early interaction that the blue-white decks really don't. They just have swords, and that's really it. But the red-white has mm-hmm. spark spray. It has slice and dice. It has yeah. swords to plowshares, right? And so yeah. it can really yeah. interact with minimal mana in the first couple and of like turns. And like slice and dice is not like one card slot. It's basically just cycling it exactly. if you don't need it. Yeah. And if you're playing blue-white, you need each card that you're starting with. And it can be clunky. You can have like two or three Wrath of Gods or whatever. <laughs> And you're like, okay, this might take care of elves, but no, probably too slow. And then you have sit with the, like, when am I supposed to to throw out my my standstill? And and yeah. I don't know if if that's the problem that you don't really. It's not a one. The format has is too fast, maybe. I think like, maybe it's too fast. If or it's too uh, wide, or there's too much card advantage with these other decks, yeah. is maybe it. And the card advantage of standstill is probably too slow. Um, mm. The deck can yeah. still do great things. You get those those draws with blue white land still, where you have the swords, and then you have the yeah. disenchant for turn two, and then well, yeah. you know turn three you have counter magic up, uh, and it's just you know, and then sometimes mm. you can stabilize and you hit your land drops and things go really really well, and you get your man lands, yeah. and then you drop your standstill, and now you're in a really commanding position, and you decree, and it's game over, right? But in general, I think card advantage going wide and speed are sort of three factors when I look at the, these decks that are in the, the top 16 uh, cool. or just more efficient. They're just more, more efficient, you know, um, and that's probably goes to the, to the speed uh, piece as well. Um, but they're just doing things more efficiently, more quickly and more quickly than I would say the traditional one for one blue white land still deck does. That's my yeah. take. Could be wrong. We need more, more fact of fiction in pre-modern. That's my, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad to see the decline of fact of fictions uh, actually. Because it's like the poster card of the format in my eyes, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, so we should also tell like blue-white standstill or uh, tied versions. Like they do win tournaments still, but like not in these large IRL tournaments at least. They haven't shown mm-hmm. any good results. Mm-hmm. So the deck is totally out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should not like dismiss it completely because then it will probably prey on you. But um, yeah. Mm. I, I don't know what to say about it, actually. It, you don't need to say anything. We can just yeah. sit sobbing yeah. quietly in the shower, <laughs> holding our knees, and think about times has passed. Yeah, but I mean, people have always hated on this deck uh, a lot, and uh, yeah. it feels weird to play a format where it's like it's such a characteristic of the format, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's gone. I'm not sure. But it always feels yeah. good when you win versus that deck as well. Like, because the mm-hmm. matches are usually pretty fun and interactive. So you always feel like a good player when you, you beat that fucking deck. Like, yeah, <laughs> kudos. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, at the at the tournament in LA, the, the guy who won was playing Blue White Land still. 
That's that's yep. what he was on. Mm. So he won that okay. tournament yeah. with that deck. It was a little different than some of the other versions we've seen. He was running like I think he was running Route from Invasion. Mm, okay. Yeah. Right. Ooh, and nice. some and some yeah. other cards that were a little fringe. Um mm. but yeah, he's a good player too, uh, Luke. Um yeah. but um but it's it's still around and you know, I mean we were saying, you know, it's gone for now, but who knows, right? The next big in-person tournament, it'll probably show up in a top eight or a top 16. And we'll be like, yeah, all right, there it I is. Mean, there it yeah. is. I think right. it won the Finnish, the Finnish Nationals as well. So, like, yeah. it, it, it's still us. But it's just for mm. this piece of data we're looking at, it's not there. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so, what are our conclusions of, uh, like, all of the tournaments? Is there anything we need to mention on them like like each of them have grown a bit also since after the pandemic right so mm -hmm. they're big tournaments mm -hmm. and seem to be keep growing <laughs> growing out of their venues a lot of them uh, and uh, I, I also feel that it's been nice it feels like going back to when like when you played magic at your local game stores or whatever and you had like the then sometimes we had a big GP and all the artists and everyone yeah. ca came there. But now the community has built that from the ground up for themselves instead, right? We have artists, we have like uh, beer, if we mm. want to go to those tournaments, mm. we have like... I, it's nice having in real life tournaments and meeting people and having that feel of like looking at the top tables like oh is he gonna is this is a win and in and standing around like huddling around the finals tables and everything and yeah great commentary i think it's really prospering <laughs> this year everybody right yeah for sure uh i i mean the the fine thing about playing a fringe format where like the average age is like 35 or something is that people have an income most people have an income so they are like prepared to travel to play some magic uh they have the finances to actually yeah take a trip uh once in a while and uh, yeah that's sweet uh because it's all about the gathering in the end uh i really think so uh, so I, I would just add to that too i mean what a proliferation of the format in 2022 mm -hmm. right like if you think back to a couple of years ago, if you went to onto TC decks, you would see maybe like the monthly tournament on there, the results, and maybe one or two other tournaments. But it was sort of the snail's pace of yeah. tournaments showing up on TC decks. And now I go on there and I can't keep up. Like there are yeah. so yeah. many pre-modern <laughs> tournaments being done. You know, online sure, but a ton of in-person tournaments as well. I mean, mm -hmm. the format has really you know bloomed in in yeah. you know 2022 and. I'd obvi you know, obviously more time, you know, word gets around and, you know, word yeah. really got around during the pandemic, but these in-person tournaments have really helped with that as well. And the coverage from those, it's been really, really cool to see the format grow, the decks grow, the archetypes grow. Um, it's, it's much, much, much bigger now than it was pre-pandemic. Yeah. I think we old school magic as whole, uh, took up like webcam play and really did well during the pandemic. Mm, and I think yeah. that brought a lot of players that like might have usually played standard or like legacy or whatever to pre-modern, uh, I'd say. Because all of those uh, like sanctioned formats, they didn't have any, like most of the places were shut down anyhow. And mm. uh, this was a 
cool way of keep playing cards and a lot of people got into it and now when the like real life tournaments started uh, i think that's like made paved way into that in a way yeah uh, but i'm i'm just i at least I've, I've been to two not big tournaments but i've been to one really big and i haven't seen any like uh, of the because surely there can be like some spikiness and some like yeah. people trying to hedge or whatever and like there's some feel bad if it gets too competitive uh, and i haven't really seen that either uh, it's still a happy place <laughs> i'd say yeah i mean we can, we can yeah. see it in like the deck choices i guess people brings but like yeah the absolute vast majority are cool people like they're there to have a good time so yeah mm. Uh, yeah. Also, like fun thing to mention, I guess, about like the explosiveness of the format this year is like apparently people come very, very uh, out early with like breaking news about their new uh, tournament. So like LobsterCon, what they they released the date like ten months ahead or something, and yep. and uh, South American um, Championship also like almost a year ahead. Uh, so yeah, mm. people, I guess, organizers they want to make sure like that weekend it's our tournaments that's happening so just so you know <laughs> yeah that's and, nice um, but but also because it's like there the it's usually not people working with it that arrange this stuff so mm -hmm. probably they're talking to the venue and they want to get people there and yeah, yeah. have like everything booked and ready i guess yeah absolutely yeah. And, and you know i'll speak to the united states obviously being being over here you know, I, there have been so many pre-modern tournaments that have popped up right so mm -hmm. after lobster con you know there have been um three now in madison that bk has run uh, with with hoyt um we had the one out here in la uh, the Emerald City Trolls, the old school group, has, yeah. you know, said they're doing a pre-modern tournament, which is huge. It's not an old school tournament with a pre-modern side event. It's a pre-modern tournament, right? It, mm. It's a standalone mm. thing. Aaron Dix is doing it in, in Minnesota. There have been two events now at the the store in New Jersey where um, uh, some of the regulars have gone and have played now. Um, there are regular pre-modern meetups happening more and more in different parts of the states. It's been really cool to see it, you know. Uh, I think, yeah. Seb, you're right. You know, during the pandemic, we got the, the word really got out because of accessibility of coverage. And now yeah. that um, we've opened things back up again, um, there are lots of these in-person events that are that are happening that weren't happening before. And it's it's a great opportunity mm -hmm. to meet people as well. So I don't know if you guys are coming over for LobsterCon this year, but, uh, you know, it'd be nice to meet in person at some point. And if not, I'm going to have to get over to Europe at some point in the future as well. Yeah, well, you keep you keep keep putting that lobster con tournament every week that i'm attending a like the only international conference i attend in my job but like yeah it um, coincides this year next year we clearly well. need to go over there at some point sometime. yeah yeah for sure maybe, maybe next year then uh, this year next year yeah maybe. i'm seeing but. if i can come like two three days to uh boston and then go to toronto from there but i can't play mm. uh lobster con that's sad so yeah we'll see Fair enough like last point i want to make also is that since uh, like 93 94 old school magic also uh, i think it's a bit connected with pre-modern because since people started arranging stuff getting venues and whatever there's always a pre-modern and a <laughs> like old school uh, connectivity there that people 
have it they the, the pre-modern can be the main event and then they have like a side event that's old school or the other way around so uh, i think there's i haven't seen that many. i've seen a bunch of like drafts and cubes oh. and stuff like that also but those formats are a bit yeah like, but i'm not i'm also. not sure like we still have some i, I think in spain like pre-modern is a whole own identity thing uh, yeah and, and like it, it's not at all dependent on old school no, I'm other... not saying it's the, yeah. they're dependent. Yeah. I'm not saying they're, they're not co-dependent. Yeah. I just say that when people put on, like, if we, you and I would arrange something, yeah. we will, that, w that would be in our mind space, yeah. just because we yeah, play sure. old school, but also that you can have, like, extend the... Mm. What I'm getting at is that I like the uh, community thing that GPs have, that you can go there yeah. and play the yeah. main event, you can go there and play a side event, and having these formats and they being community-based mm. <laughs> it uh, seems like a good way to go about since we, we shouldn't even mention <laughs> but I don't even know what's going on with professional magic anymore <laughs> because it's so it's so like entwined and whatever everything is just like falling apart it feels like but yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. think it's a, I think it's a good point and they do the other way around like you know out here in the San Francisco Bay Area you know I knew about pre-modern probably 10 months before I actually started playing it, if not longer, because I couldn't find anybody to play out in the, in the Bay Area. Mm. Um, yeah. But since then, I've, I've, you know, since essentially LobsterCon, maybe shortly beforehand, I linked up with the old school club out here, the Beast of the Bay, and those guys are awesome. And, mm. you know, they, they will, they, we meet and we play old school, but there's also some pre-modern games. So people bring yeah. old school decks, pre-modern decks and Alice decks and mm, you know, yeah. anti-party yeah. decks and all kinds of stuff. And so it's introduced me to all these formats that maybe I don't, I don't have old school cards, but they bring extra decks. And so it's the community has like really opened up um, out here for me. And it's been really awesome to have, I'm um, finally have a mm. magic community again, which I haven't had in a very long time and yeah. get exposed to old school, even though I usually get, you know, trounced in old school. Um, cause my favorite deck is the, the living plane deck, which is, just <laughs> of course. which is awesome by the way, but we won't, we, won't, we won't spend too much time on that, but it, it won a <laughs> tournament lately, but it wasn't, that wasn't, uh, it was a unified that was a, tournament. Yeah, that was a I saw that deck and immediately <laughs> fell in love with it just, you know, to, to be fair. Um, but it, it, I think the community can go either direction, right. In, in terms of it, like yep. it, being involved in pre-modern has opened up old school for me, which is a format I didn't know anything about and I love, and I get to, mm. you know, be a part of a, a a group out here a club out here and um, get more exposure to, to the community and the people who play the game and like you said it's a lot of you know people in their 30s you know early to, to late 30s and uh, hopefully that grows from there and we get more pre-modern players who are younger and yeah. things like that right yeah. but yeah. but uh yeah. it's been awesome it's been awesome meeting so many people that i would never have met if it hadn't been for pre-modern or old school mm. yeah. yeah and i can vouch for a friend that I know from Uppsala that moved to Montreal and he he didn't bring any he has old school cards I think I don't know but he had them with him and they really wanted him to play so they lent out a deck for him and whatever it's exactly as you're uh, describing it like the community like coming together and wanting people to play and these formats are good for that yeah absolutely yeah and uh, yeah, are we what, are, are we missing are, are we missing anything, Anton? Before we no, but I mean you you were on that topic, but I guess we could like also specify or give some examples of like how um, content creators have like just bloomed this year and people oh. taking like responsibility for for. I mean, Martin's vision was always to like 
he wanted to let go as soon as uh, not let go but like not having to like organize so much just letting it be organic basically and we're obviously at that point since a lot of years back but like this year like Phil when should we just mention uh, his, his project with like the introduction guide to pre-modern and the, the newsletter he, he's uh, done to is just with now like the banding I mean it's insane that and he does it for free it's it's uh, yeah i'm not sure what to say about it like it's insane and uh, yeah the the hispanics with like rest is they have so many streams and so much content and we get like uh, medic online streamers i flint you didn't mention his name i can't pronounce that uh, fp blah, blah, blah. um flint you are muted oh, sorry f paula's mtg thanks Yep. Uh, like great stream, like the great production values. Oh, if you want, like Magic Online, and then of course, like yeah, Wak Wak and uh, Cloud Golf Ranger. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of other cool streaming sites as well. But like, <laughs> shit, do we get content now? Mike Arnold doing like uh, the Gauntlet sixty four, and uh, yeah, there's so many projects. It's insane. Mm. We, yeah, we have the the what was it this year? Epic was. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, it, it started yeah. off January as well. Yeah, been a long year. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of... Uh, that's a nice point you're actually making. There's like uh, Flint, you, you being one of them, but uh, there's like people being... That, that also usually ha magic had, like original magic had, like for people being recognized for content <laughs> actually mm. uh, like uh, I've had that in my small small pond that it's old school uh, like people knowing me for the podcast and whatever but uh, there's real names also uh, doing content now yeah. that usually did it for Wizards of the Coast or something like that mm -hmm. uh, so it's really nice seeing like recognizing all these faces that you mentioned yeah, doing the content also. Yeah. You feel at home and safe when you have some people that you recognize. For sure. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I guess that's it. Any New Year's resolutions, uh, Magic Wise Flint? Uh, to play more pre-modern. Uh, play more pre-modern. Yeah, okay. I didn't, I didn't yeah. play in as many tournaments this year as I had hoped, but it, yeah. I had a lot of work stuff going on. Um, hopefully that'll be a little mm. more settled in the new year. Play more pre-modern and Maybe get over to Europe at some point, play some pre-modern yes. over there with you guys. Um, oh yeah. yeah, that would be nice. Oh yeah. What What about you, Anton? Uh, probably, actually, it's gonna be play less pre-modern uh, coming next year. I have a lot of uh, stuff with Ooh. my work. Uh, shame. I mean, that, you, that's shame. not a New Year's resolution. I know, I know, but like, <laughs> I'm, I have to carefully choose my playtime next, and yeah. that's. I'm so so like grateful that we could do Epic and the Eurochamps and like playing monthlies and playing all other mm. tournaments. Like this year has been a blast. I've, I've done, I played a lot of Magic uh, and done other cool stuff and meeting a lot of cool guys, uh, persons all over the globe. I feel like, but uh, Europe at least. But yeah, I, I guess I will trim it down a bit next year. And doing mm -hmm. the these with you, Seb, is like a blast. Uh, and with all I'm like, yeah. So I'm very grateful for this year, but probably I have to play less pre-modern next year. And that's how <laughs> But I won't play Mono Blue Stifle That's my New Year's resolution. Okay. We're going to do a reframe. My You're going to play more selective 
pre-modern. Yeah. You'd be more selective about your pre-modern is what you're going to mm -hmm. do that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you could use three words or you could use two minutes explaining that. Yeah. yeah. Or, 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 or not play Fire Blast or something. That would be another yeah, thing that yeah. you could say. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Seb, how about you? Do you have any? I'm clearly playing Fact or Fiction in yes. some deck. That's my New Year's resolution. Maybe ne next big tournament. Is it blue, white, landstill? Or where where can I play Fact or Fiction, man? So Replenish. You can no, do it you, in Devourer combo if you want. Yeah, you got to gotta do a blue-black mid-range control deck with Festering Goblin and Fact or Fiction and then call it yes. Fest, uh, Fact or Festering. That's the name of the deck. <laughs> 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 okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. Love it. Okay. Nice to hang out with you guys. Uh, thanks for joining and uh, hope you have a great new year and uh, everyone out there also. And great holiday overall, I guess. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. holidays. Bye.